0: Hey everyone, welcome to Bible and Breakfast. I'm really excited to have Todd Abernathy with us today. Uh, Todd's uh, an assistant coach at Florida Atlantic University who uh, is coming off a historic run, making making it to the Final Four then, this year. Um, so we're really excited to have Todd on with us today, and how you doing, man? What's up, Andrew? I'm doing great. Um, appreciate you having me on with you. Yeah, so let's just start out a little bit. Obviously, um, a lot of people who listen to the show are, are players and coaches who you know, our our men of faith, and who who uh, kind of just look for other coaches to connect with and and hear their stories. So, can you share a little bit about um, your faith and just kind of how it's impacted your life, um, not only through coaching but just uh, being a dad and a husband as well?
1: Yep, that sounds great. Um, so, I am from Carmel, Indiana, which is a suburb north of Indianapolis, and I was raised not, I wouldn't say in a Christian home, but a basketball home. My, my father, Tom, um, played for Bob Knight at IU and was a member of the 1976 undefeated team. And uh, they won the national championship in 1976. And my parents did not become Christians until I think they were around 40 years old. So I was in elementary when my parents came to know the Lord. And for them, it was really, really important to, for for me to get a Christian education. And so when I was in fourth grade, they sent me to heritage Christian school, which is a, a private Christian school in Indianapolis. And so it was really when I was in elementary that, um, going to church was, you know, a important thing that we did as a family and going to a Christian school, I learned a ton about the Bible. And I always had a soft heart for the Lord, um, but it wasn't until probably my freshman year of high school that I I, I really um, understood the gospel, and my life was was changed. I went to a a youth retreat during the summer with um, with a church, and the gospel, I guess, uh, you know, made a big impact on me, and um, I know before i was it was all about me and um you know when i when i realized what jesus had done for me and committed my life to him i saw a lot of fruit especially with my with my selfish ambition and um and, and living for myself so that's kind of how i i came to know the lord um was was through the uh the youth camp and um Man, it's impacted everything I do, you know, and it's, it's honestly a daily, a daily walk with Jesus. It's not just a one-time thing that I did. Um, I played basketball at Ole Miss and one of the, probably the most important things I did that helped strengthen my faith was I got involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA, and from day one at Ole Miss, I got involved, um, with FCA and was, around other believers other athletes going through the same things i was going through and i actually met my wife um through that so i could go on and on but um fca made a huge impact on me especially in college and um and so yeah so now i'm in coaching and trying to walk with the lord raise a family and make an impact on on players i coach
0: yeah and that's really cool just to hear your story of how you came to know jesus and i was kind of gonna ask you about that you know playing at a, a high level of college basketball obviously there's a lot of a lot of things pulling you in multiple directions not only from the basketball side of things but off the court with with different temptations and different things out there and obviously being around a group of guys and a group of people through fca and uh i'm assuming helped you but what were some things and challenges you faced as a college athlete and, you know, how did you, you know, kind of overcome that or, or battle those things?
1: Man, one of the, one of the issues I struggled with was just the pressure of, of, of performance. And, you know, I think the, it's really easy to, to get into that trap and, and kind of live for the applause of, of men. And so Colossians three twenty three is a verse I have always loved and gravitated towards. It says, whatever you do, work it out with all your heart is is working for the Lord, and not for man. And I think when you struggle with the kind of the fear of failure, that is just so common for athletes to struggle with, um, realizing that Jesus in, in, in the Lord loves me no matter what, no matter how I play, that really gave me a lot of, of security and confidence. And so that really helped me a lot. So as I said, the 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 pressure, the fear of man, the fear of failure was a really big issue, um, you know, that I faced, and and then obviously the normal things that that college kids uh, struggle with, with with partying, um, you know, getting girls, whatever. I think that the the most important thing for me was having a a community of people um, that I was able to be with and and hold me accountable. And, um, just keep me, keep me from, from going down the the wrong trail.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And man, you mentioned that, you know, that fear that oftentimes, uh, you know, it impacts players and how we perform It impacts coaches, how they perform and what they do. It impacts us in, in moving with jobs, with handling things with our family and fear can definitely be a, a huge crutch and, you know, something that I'm, I'm assuming you've, you've learned and seen, and that I'm as well, you know, seen in my life is, you know, who, who God says we are and what our identity truly is um, in him. And I think, like you said, you were able to be around people who helped cultivate that you in you. And, you know, I think you realize that your identity is not in basketball. Your identity is not in the amount of points you score or the amount of rebounds you get or the amount of wins you have. Like that stuff's all great. and We want to strive for it, but knowing who you were in Christ, and I can just hear that, you know, exude from you as you talk, um kind of carry that into coaching now man you you know so you're at FAU now but obviously you you I think you've been there for four years yep is that correct that's right and that's right Before that you were a head coach before that you were an assistant at a high level kind of just talk a little bit about your your coaching journey and the different things that you had to face with you know transitioning from different jobs different things that God brought up in your life that, you know, he showed you and, and allowed you to feel like, Hey, this is what what God's calling me and my family to, And we're going to follow it because of this, like, just kind of talk through that,
1: mm-hmm. man. That's a, that's a good one. There's a lot to talk about, but I think I'll go back to my, my dad. And so my dad is, has made a huge impact on my life. And as I said, he was a really good player. Um, when he was right after he became a Christian, he was in he was in commercial real estate when he got finished playing in the NBA, and his goal in life was I'm gonna make the, as much money as I can. So he gets into commercial real estate and was successful, but he was he was empty and just unsatisfied. So after he became a Christian, it kind of shifted his focus on man, what should I do with the gifts that that I've been given? And so he he decided to build a basketball facility. In Carmel, where we live, and this was in 1996, I believe that they they opened it up. And so, his facility is called the Indiana Basketball Academy. And I was as a as an elementary school kid, I grew up going there after school every single day. Every day in the summer, I was in the gym. And so, my dad had a really big impact on on my basketball. Um, and he was he was my coach. And the thing about him i think he learned from coach knight how to teach the game but he also learned he didn't want to be um a guy that that got angry and you know was super super emotional so what my dad taught me was 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 to be an awesome teammate and my dad did it through transformational coaching and really it was all out of love um and my dad taught me that that his love for me and him being proud of me was not based on how i performed and so i think that is something that has just stuck with me um as i was a player and now that i'm a coach um so fast forwarding to how i got into coaching um my senior year at Ole miss we had a coaching change so so right after my junior year the guy that I played for for three years, Rod Barnes, was fired at Ole Miss. He was an awesome guy. I love Coach Barnes. Um, and when he left, Andy Kennedy came in. And so I had one year with with Coach Kennedy. We had a great year. We won the SEC West. And we went from worse than the in the SEC West to first just in one year. So I had a great year with him, and that opened the door for me to go play Overseas, and so I played in Europe for six years. And when I was getting um, when I was getting finished playing, I reached out to some coaches uh, where I'm from, which is in Indy. And we wanted to to move back to Indianapolis because my wife had some health issues from from overseas, and so we wanted to be in Indy just to be around uh, really good doctor care for her. And so I ended up getting a opportunity at IUPUI with Coach Todd Howard, and that was my first um, that was my first crack at at college basketball. And as you know, my I, I told you my dad opened up his his um, facility in '96, so he always kind of envisioned me taking taking it over from him and working working for him, and then eventually um, taking it over. But I I kind of felt this this urge I wanted to work with with college level players, just a higher caliber player. And before I did my dad's thing, I I kind of wanted to 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 try college coaching. And so Todd Howard gave me an opportunity. I was there with him um, for one year. And then Andy Kennedy, who I played for at Ole Miss, was still at Ole Miss, which is so rare. you know how the turnover is in in college basketball so he was there and i i I went i had a whole plan together i you know i went in there talked to him and said hey coach i know in the sec there's a ton of special assistance or player development i have no recruiting experience but i'm gonna work hard um you know just just want to get my foot in the door and so sure enough he's like hey you're not gonna believe it i'm meeting with the AD tomorrow give me the data on what other sec schools have a like a, a a guy in that role besides it was outside of the the three assistants director of ops and video he's like look at all the the schools that have somebody like that and get back to me so sure enough did some research and there were a ton of of extra support staff in the in the sec at that time and so sure enough um he called me a few weeks later and had an opportunity for me back at Ole Miss and it was like it was a player development role um so I get there and sure enough there are a couple assistant spots available and um so coach put me in that spot I had no recruiting experience and he said hey use your gifts of of you've just got done playing um you can still help get these guys better and so um, that's what got my foot in the door. And then I ended up being his assistant for, for four years. So um, I, I feel like I'm bouncing around. Do you have any questions for me? And I can I can get back on track.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's great. I love hearing your story and just like hearing about, you know, how, how God's hand moves in different things, like so many times, you know, in the coaching world where we're oftentimes just looking for what's next climbing high on the ladder. And and we do so much in our own power, just trying to get to that spot. But, you know, just kind of hearing how, you know, God puts you in a certain situation with your wife's health. And obviously probably wasn't where you guys wanted to be in the situation you wanted to be, but be, because of that, you know, God used it to open a door for you. And
1: last thing I'll, I'll add and and I know a lot of people can relate to this, but, um, never chase the money. And, and that is something that is really, really important. And I think in, in this profession, if you're in it for the money, um, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. Um, it's just, it's just not, not, not good. So I know a lot of people on here probably sacrificed a lot to get their foot in the door and at, at IUPY, I was a volunteer, so I didn't, I didn't get paid. Um, and I could have made a little bit of money, but I wouldn't have been able to travel with the team because I would have been considered like a part-time employee. So I mm-hmm. said, hey, I don't wanna get paid. I wanna get better. I wanna learn. I wanna add value if I can add anything to the to the program. And sometimes you have to make those sacrifices um, just to get your foot in the door. And it ended up being, um, You know just a great investment and thankfully we'd saved money from from playing overseas so we were able to do it financially and make it work and um so then you know i did i was a volunteer one year and then the next year i was a i was an assistant coach in the sec yeah
0: yeah it's crazy how how that stuff works out and i mean Yeah, for for people listening, it. I'm I'm the same way. Like when I was a when I was a younger coach, I did I wanted to chase everything. And now, you know, the the more I'm learning, the more I'm maturing, the more I'm growing. You just see how, you know, what really matters is not the money. It's not the stage you're on, but it's it's how you can impact lives. And you as you mentioned before, transformational coaching. You know, that's that's why we do what we do. And you know, you guys at FAU. I mean, I thought it was very obvious. You know, seeing. Is when I was at Stetson, you know, we played you guys, and we came down there and we saw what you were about. And then, throughout this entire season, you know, you kind of saw a team that was was built on something bigger than you know just playing basketball and being good at it. Like, you know, I wouldn't say you guys were the most talented team in the tournament by any means, but there is something different about you guys. So, can you yep. talk a little bit just about this season and you know maybe something a key moment or something that stood out to you about your team or your coaching staff that Was like man this this moment or this thing catapulted us and and allowed us to to really reach this level of success
1: man honestly everybody that knows dusty may is not surprised at at what's happening and this is not something that just happened this year this has been in the works for five years he's been here five years i was not here with him his first year i was up in chicago at, at trinity international but I joined him his second year and have been with him um, for four years. But I think we had a pivotal moment, probably it was during the COVID year when 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 games were getting canceled. So it wasn't when COVID shut down the season, but the, fall, the season right after that, mm-hmm. um, we went on a road trip and we played at James Madison. And then we went from that, we just picked them up like last minute, went to James Madison, And we picked him up because we were playing at Old Dominion to start out conference play. And in Conference USA at that time, we would do two games back-to-back just because of the COVID. So Mm -hmm. we go to JMU and get get our butts whooped. And we show up. We go to Norfolk, Virginia for um, the Old Dominion series. And Dusty, after watching the film, we met as a staff. And then we met with our players and he said, guys, watching the film, I am sick at what I'm seeing. And the two things I'm seeing is we are soft and we are selfish. And FAU is not going to be soft and selfish. And so that's where Serve and Compete was born. Hmm. And so that trip, we said, OK, we're, we're, we're not going to be soft and selfish, but the two things we are going to do, we're going to serve each other. Okay, This is, we're going to be unselfish. We're going to share the ball. We're going to cut. We're going to, we're going to um, play for each other. We're obviously offensively and defensively be, you can serve your teammates, but it's really just like a heart of service. And then we're going to compete. We're going to, we're going to make, we're not going to be soft. We're going to be one of the toughest teams in the country. And so that's where I think our culture was really came to life. And so, Every huddle from that moment on, we say serve on uh, three, compete on six. One, two, three, serve. Four, five, six, compete. And so, we just kept pounding that message into our into our guys. And this year, everything came together. We had the right mix of players. We had a lot of talent, um, and and more importantly, everybody bought into to the way that we wanted to play. We have a ton of guys, as you probably know, we were really deep. We, we played nine guys and we were, um, we, our emphasis was playing really fast and and also limiting turnovers. So we were able to play fast, wear people down, use our depth. And then, um, but serving and competing is really the thing. I would say that the biggest kind of aha moment this year was winning at Florida and, we opened up the season, we we had Lynn University come here to D2 that is right in Boca. We played them first and then we went to Ole Miss and we got beat by Ole Miss. And it was an awesome road trip because we probably wouldn't have won at Florida if we hadn't lost at Ole Miss. So we, we go from Ole Miss to Florida. We win at Florida. Obviously, Dusty came from there. Um, he was with Mike White before he got the job here at FAU. And so we went at Florida and I think that kind of uh, helped get the buy-in from our players. Mm -hmm. They're like, man, like this way of playing works. And so they all bought in. And um, the second aha moment was after we played Detroit Mercy. Uh, Mike Davis is a, is a really close friend of, of coach Mays. And his son, Antoine Davis is one of the best scorers in the country. And so, Mm -hmm. We played them and beat them. And Coach Davis was talking to Coach May after the game, sharing some things. And and Coach said, Hey, do you mind sharing with our guys if, you know everything you're telling me? And so Coach Davis spoke to our team and he said, Hey guys, you we just played against you and you're probably in the you're ranked probably a hundred right now. I think Ken Palm, we were over a hundred at the time. He said, I'm telling you right now, you're a top twenty five team and we're like okay and then he said and to, to go further if you guys keep doing what you're doing you could end up being a Final Four team and mm-hmm. so we're like come on now you know the, he was speak he was he was telling us this stuff and he said the thing that sticks out about you guys is you guys are so excited for your teammates success and like everybody on the bench is is supporting their teammate the guys on the floor you guys just play together and as a tr- as, as a team. And he said, if you guys will not allow outside voices to to come in and, and and affect you guys negatively, you guys have a chance to go to the final four. And so after we beat Kansas State at, in the in the Elite Eight, um, Coach Facetime Coach Davis um, from the locker room, and so it was really really fun to, yeah. to share that with him.
0: That's really neat. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, the, the, the failure or the the disappointments years ago played a part in your final four run this year. And even just the, yeah. you know, dropping a game at Ole Miss, how that catapults you into believing uh, that you can be a different team and a better team. And man, yeah. that's an amazing story though, about coach Davis. Cause that's yes. to, to say a team like he Florida spoke Atlantic, existence. And be, yeah, existence. He believed like, in know, us talking.
1: when we, we had no idea, you know, yeah. how, how good we could be. And he yeah. saw it and um and so our guys referred back to that a lot throughout the yeah season. i was gonna
0: ask like do you yes. do, did that come a up like during the tournament cold, run and you're like us, hey we're
1: sorry a lot of them were like hey i felt like coach was speaking to me you know when he was talking about the outside voices because mm-hmm. every one of our kids has a parent an uncle a coach saying hey you got to do this you got you got to shoot more you got to score more they're not using you the right way And so to hear that from an outside voice and, you know, hearing it from somebody like Coach Davis that has coached a ton of ball games at a high level, I think that really, really helped our guys trust it and and, and buy into it.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it was – knowing kind of the behind the scenes of different things that you guys were were talking through and things that had happened, it makes sense. But, you know, following, I, I follow a lot of the Florida team. So following you guys throughout the season, you know, I was, I was a little surprised at how good and dominant you guys were throughout the season. But then, you know, in the tournament, man, it was just, it was special. And you could tell there was just something different about your guys. And it wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything about their, the, the way you, or how good they played on the basketball court, but it was how they interacted with each other and how, like, you guys and Coach May uh, just worked with them. And so that was really fun to watch. And just really quick before I let you go, what what was that experience like? Like, when you guys won that game to go to the Final Four, I mean, just kind of talk through that that mindset and what that experience meant to you and your guys. Man, it was unbelievable.
1: But when you're in it, you're, like, you're so laser-focused and locked in. That you can't really enjoy and appreciate the moment um so i mean we were so excited um but it's like it was kind of like all right we gotta we gotta turn the page and get ready for for whoever we have next um so we the the cool thing about the whole march madness run is we were able to have our families with us Mm -hmm. so i have four kids and my our baby stayed home our three-year-old stayed home with my mom um until we got to to New York City at the Sweet 16 after we beat Tennessee my dad had, was on the trip and he's like hey we got to get we got to get Nash that's my 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 son and and my mom we got to get them we got to get him out to New York City yeah. just to be be here for this so to have my family with me was so much fun to see honestly like when you go through this and especially for a school like FAU that doesn't have much of a tradition doesn't have a huge fan base or alumni base um it was really cool though to see people coming together um and new york city was a cool place because there are a ton of new yorkers down here in boca um Mm -hmm. and and so ton of new yorkers but then even Even Houston, I talk to people now, they're like, oh, I was there. And I I had no idea that they made it all the way to Houston. Um, So it was an unbelievable run. And the one thing I'll say, you know, every coach dreams of going to the Final Four, right? But then there are some coaches that are obsessed with getting to the Final Four or winning a national championship, and that's not us. Um, You know, Dusty is like really humble. He loves basketball. Um, we love our kids. We love our players. And so it was fun for me to see a guy like Dusty that he he's not obsessed with going to a Final Four. He just wants to to pour into his guys. He wants to teach them how to play basketball, help them get better. And, and then the success, the wins, that's just like icing on the cake. And um, so that was fun just for me to be with 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 a guy like him that is grounded yep. and is about all the right stuff and is is doing it for the right reasons,
0: yeah, no doubt. And that's that's awesome. I'm I know I had a, a lot of fun watching you guys, and I know you know the whole country was just behind FAU, and it was really cool to see. And man, I'm I'm so excited for your guys' success, and I hope you can uh, continue that into next year and and keep your guys around and have a great next season. But man, I, I appreciate you taking time to to share with us. I know it was super encouraging for me just to hear a little bit of your story and hear some of the behind the scene things that impacted your team's culture this year. So Tom, man, appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.